Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today on the show, we have Andrew Clark. Formerly, Andrew was the Principal Machine Learning Auditor at Capital One and is now the co-founder and CTO at Monitor. Monitor is an AI governance software company founded in 2019 to serve highly regulated enterprises like their flagship customer, Progressive Insurance. Company delivers machine learning assurance platform to help enterprises and their partners build and deploy responsible AI and machine learning models that business leaders, regulators, and consumers can trust. If you are not familiar with machine learning, we don't really go into the specifics or the ins and outs of machine learning. We've certainly covered that on the show before, Um, but I have a recommendation for you. Uh, It's a Netflix documentary. It's about an hour and a half long called Coded Bias. I think I've seen it twice now, but that will help for sure um, help you understand the risk associated with machine learning. It's also on Netflix and a documentary. So it is actually, it's really, really interesting. Even if you're, if you are not in data, um, it's still a good watch. Even if you're not an internal audit, it's still a good watch. So I highly recommend that again, it's called coded bias. Some of the things that Andrew and I talk about are his, his biggest pet peeve with internal audit, which I was very surprised at his answer initially until he provided some more context. Uh, it's one of the first questions we get into. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, how can internal audit stay relevant given relative, relative to tech, given how much change there is obviously with technology, uh, how does Andrew stay relevant and up to date on tech? Uh, if Andrew comes back in five years, what will we be talking about? That was another, uh, fantastic answer. And then just general advice for getting into machine learning for internal auditors or anyone else that's listening and any resources um, that Andrew could suggest. And he kind of lit it up. (laughs) There was a lot of really good resources from even at the executive level uh, type type information. This is what you would need to know. Here's a resource at a more technical level. If you want to develop these kinds of uh, machine learning models, here's a good resource to go for that as well. Here we go. All right, what makes your brain happy? Well, um, a lot of things, but uh, I really enjoy running and, you know, kind of de-stressing out from, you know, work and stuff like that. Um, just really enjoy physical exercise, but I really like hard problems to, uh, figuring stuff out. I've always kind of been a tinkerer from programming and, and things like that. So I like to have something fun and, and difficult and something hasn't necessarily been done before to, to work on because I get 
you know, I, I, I get kind of bored with it. It's just the route, like normal audit process stuff yeah. or just normal emails and, you know, status meetings and stuff. So it, I feel like I kind of get a little stale unless I have some stuff to challenge myself. So you like there... work running stuff and then like inside like special projects. Okay. Is there something outside of what you're doing for your organization that is the hard problem you're trying to solve? I do a lot of it inside the organization. Thankfully, with the position I have, I get to do a lot of research. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I get to see something that's tangential to what we're doing. Like I like to do interdisciplinary approaches. So it you know, might not immediately be clear sometimes, like why am I do reading this control theory thing when we're talking about like audit stuff? But like there's actually a lot of interesting synergies and things when from different disciplines. So uh, yeah, I, I do thankfully get to, to hit that a little bit with my day job. Okay. And what song makes your brain happy? That's a really tough one. Um, I, I'm more of a like classical symphony type person. So it's hard to have like one specific, you know, like some people have a D Adele song or whatever. Like, yeah. But for me, probably just like Mozart, just like generic Mozart piano concerto or something is just like, if I need to just get into a good headspace or get focused on something, that's just something really good that works for me. Yeah. I went through a phase like that also. It was all, <clears throat> I think it was like, it was some playlist. It was like the classics of the classics or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. it's there's all the songs that like you would hear it and you go, yeah, of course I've heard that in movies or somewhere else in pop culture or something. Um, but I never know that's, that's who did it or, you know, uh, et cetera. So um, I, I got on a Mozart kick for uh, a couple months as well, a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I know your background is in that, right? Like you've played in uh, an orchestra or a symphony. Yeah, I did, I did a little bit of both and a lot of Rask Quintet type stuff. So um, yeah, I did a lot of freelance trumpet playing there for a while where I played in all those different types of groups. Handle Messiah was kind of like my thing for some reason, like every Easter I had like five different messiahs I did. So that was always a fun one. So yeah, I, I always just kind of harken back to my youth a little bit and some of the, the things I used to do with uh, classical music just really brings me back. Yeah. Um, maybe outside of trumpets, what's your, what's your favorite tool? Hmm. I really like to uh, whiteboard and you kind of diagram stuff out. I'm kind of one of those visual people. Mm -hmm. So it really helps like if you're the hard problems that we talked about or, or trying to like uh, convey a, a point on, you know, how different things connect or, or things I like, it helps to me to try and like brainstorm by mapping stuff out. So I would say, you know, white paper and uh, no, sorry, whiteboard and like uh, dry erase marker is my favorite, but uh, you know, oftentimes I just got to go to like yellow pad and, yeah. and pin, but some sort of like way to try and get off the computer and think about something because I kind of get, you know, it's hard for me to read things or like uh, come up with new ideas on a computer screen for some reason. I'm very old fashioned in that way. Got you. Yeah. I love it when the uber technical folks are like a piece of paper is my favorite tool. <laughs> If you could grab every auditor in the world by the shoulders and just shake them and say, just do this one thing, please, what would that be? I think it's work a little bit more integrated. Uh, it's been a trend that's kind of been talked about for a while in auditing. I mean, even just recently, I, I think it was last quarter, maybe it was a quarter ago, uh, like I, I just read a recent Osaka article, the need for combined assurance in IT audit. Like it's, it's a topic that, I mean, a couple of years ago, we were talking about it. We're talking about it now, but it's always yeah. just like this new idea that everybody's like, that's a great idea, but no one really does is the combined audits, especially as we like the more things we'll get into today, the more technical we get things and the more integrated companies are. It's not like payroll is just done in this little silo now. And like, you just have someone adding up numbers all day. Like you need to have a lot of times to address enterprise risks is really getting auditors to work together more. Some of the departments I've worked with, there's been little fiefdoms of, you know, financial audit, IT audit, and the analytics people are over here and then the yeah. model people are over here. And it working together like is 
I mean, it's cliche, but it seems to be one of the big things that for auditors conceptually get it, but have a hard time actually doing it. How, how would you actually do it? I know you've been out of the audit space for a little mm -hmm. while, uh, directly at least in terms of internal audit, um, but how, how would you go about doing it? Well, it depends on what type of audit, but for example, for like a, uh, a cloud audit, for instance, or something like that, you would want to have, you know, the checking, there's so many ways even fraud can happen financially with that. So you don't have do a combined, like get the different audit heads and be combining like the audit work plan and try and scope it together. Because one of the common things I see is like people will be like hitting the same thing in multiple, each audit department will kind of do their thing mm -hmm. and they'll hit that same, that same group they're auditing will get hit five times during the year versus doing it together. But also you miss gaps when you don't have people working together with this. So it's like everybody would goes in on these audit work programs. So most audit departments have audit work programs. So like coordinate together on what these are. And like, we're doing a cloud audit of our AWS. Well, finance will come in and make sure that the, you know, what's the, how's it go against budgets and making sure that, uh, you know, it's being journal entry correctly and all those types of fun things. And then that's where IT will then look at segregation of duties and things. And then what's, what systems are actually being done there? Well, oftentimes the model audit folks are going to be then coming back two months later to hit a model that's being used there for like loss forecasting or something like yeah. that. We're trying prep work a little bit better of figuring out how stuff uh, in integrates. But that's also really hard to understand the audit universe well enough to know what's there and then coordinate all the, the schedules. But I've seen it. I've been part of a couple audits that have done that correctly. I know it's very hard to pull off and that's why it's like shake them by the shoulders, but also like it's just hard to do correctly. And yeah, it's yeah. hard to get all the schedule sequence, but it's really having the pre-planning is what's most important to get that done right correctly. Absolutely. Planning is key. What's, uh, what's your pet peeve with internal audit? <clears throat> the incessant drive for automation that's such um, an interesting answer coming from you uh i, I know it seems it just seems like it wouldn't be coming from me but th that's it's a nuanced point of having automation is fantastic and there's certain parts of the audit process that can definitely be automated you know um reading in documents uh data cleanup like on looking for anomalies like different things that that we do as just route processes or aggregating data or trying to link together documents like there's so much of that stuff but often there's like, well, let's, okay, cool. We have these. Now let's start continuously monitoring things. Also good. But you should be doing that more in the context of you have in most audit departments, it's bl blurring a little bit or most organizations, but you have first, second line, third line. Mm -hmm. um, well, oftentimes, so like internal audit should be working towards automation, correct. But you should be getting that for first and for first line to implement and second line to keep an eye on. It, advanced companies that have first line, second line, third line, all having automated control testing if it's automated, it's not making a mistake. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like that's the thing where audit can then go into the, like, we are the experts. We are doing independent sub, a small sample review that we're using to our domain expertise. So it's like, there's sometimes this drive of like, you forget the balance there. It's just like, well, we got to automate audit and you forget where the balance should actually be because yes, you should automate the routine mundane parts of audit, but just auditing all of everything to be continuous monitoring. And that's the majority of your audits that is misguided. And I think it's sometimes that nuance is lost. Okay. Um, with so much tech um, forever evolving, there's all, you know, it's only going to continue to grow, obviously. Um, how can internal audits stay relevant? Yeah, I think that's part of, uh, part of knowing where the space is as well, because like it, as an executive that may not come from audit or something, if you're, if they're looking in and seeing, Hey, well, I have, I have a full second line department that's concerned with risk. And I have audit and what they're both basically doing the exact same thing. They both have these continuous monitoring processes in place. 
yeah, I don't really want to increase the audit budgets this year. Like what meaningful insights are they giving me versus like, uh, this is that whole concept we've talked about for a long time in the audit world as well as being that trusted partner of mm-hmm. like, we help advise what those, what the policy should be and making sure there's no gaps. And this is, that's the independent domain subject matter expertise that audit has to have. And like, you shouldn't be doing that. Ideally, you're getting second and first line to have these automated controls. So they're doing their stuff. And all you have to do is see if it failed or not. Then you don't have to do the manual testing. Mm-hmm. That's where the automation is good. But really being able to provide value and finding where you might be missing uh, risks and there might be gaps in controls. And what are the emerging risks that you need to be aware of as an organization? And really helping risk management and executive management understand those will make internal audit invaluable because like that, that's never going to wait. I don't care if you're talking about Bitcoin, blockchain, yeah. machine learning, nothing doesn't matter because you're that trusted partner that helps them identify where risks are and where the organization might be lacking in addressing those. And how do you stay up with uh, changes in tech? Are there, are there specific resources, publications that you go to? Yeah, that's a tough one because there's a lot of signal. Uh, there's a lot of noise out there in the signal. Like a lot of the things that are happening, like we're talked about quantum computing and machine learning 10 years ago. We're still talking about it today. Materially, there hasn't been near as much difference as all the smoke and mirrors. So like InfoWorld and things like that are usually good for like keeping up with high level trends. ISACA uh, does a really good job of like here, distill a little bit more of what's relevant for audit. Like they, they, any emerging tech that comes along, they have a training program, they have targeted conferences, they have like an audit program. So ISACA, I think is probably one of the best resources as audit professionals to, they'll do a lot of that signal noise filtering for you. Gotcha. So I, I think they're very good for that. But also as we talk about like audit as being able to stay this relevant trusted partner, we want to be expert generalists. Like you don't need, you're not a SME in anything per se, but you need to be expert generalists. So your audit department needs to have some cloud people, some data people, some ML people. And in that case, you need to get out of the audit world. If you're an expert generalist in machine learning, for instance, you got to get out of just going to audit conferences. That's fantastic. Audit conferences are great, but you need to then branch out a little bit learn some real machine learning a little bit, go to a machine learning conference, like understand some of it might be over your head and that's completely fine, but get out in the industry where that, what are you studying and understand like you, because whatever the machine learning conferences are talking about is way ahead. Anything that ISACA's great job of summarizing has done for you. So to really be able to stay out front of what risks are addressing your company, it's going out there. Like you're an insurance, go to insurance specific machine learning things. And so you know what the risks and what people are doing in sandboxes that might affect your company. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Especially when those conferences are led in terms of the the speaking lineup by practitioners as opposed to uh, vendors, no offense. Um, yeah, but those exactly. are, they're, they're usually going to, they're usually going to tell you like, you know, this is exactly how we did it. And you can't completely just replicate that, pick it up and copy and paste it into your environment, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's certainly something that, that could be modeled. And, and um, so I always appreciate those, uh, appreciate those uh, practitioner led ones seem to get a lot of value out of those, mm-hmm, but hundred percent agree with going outside of the audit profession um, courses and, and things like that, uh, conferences, things like that, 
if you're in machine learning, go to a machine learning conference or a data science conference, et cetera. I a hundred percent agree with that. Let's say you come back on the show in five years. What will we be talking about then? Well, kind of like the comment I made earlier, probably generally the same type of things, except yeah. they'll be more acute and more widespread. There'll probably be something brand new that we nobody's talking about, but like cybersecurity isn't going away. Like it's just going to become more acute and, and more cyber attacks and more ways of doing defense in depth and things. I mean, everybody's talking about moving to the cloud, but there's a lot of companies that still are in, in the middle of that transition or haven't begun it yet. Right. So we'll be just farther along in that because like cloud is here to stay some sort of hybrid public-private or fully uh, public, like it's happening. So there will be a lot of organizations that will still be finishing up that transition. So we'll have better playbooks. We'll have better things there um, and better security. Same with data management. Like data is the new economy, all the kind of stuff people talk about. Um, honestly, good data management is very much in its infancy still. We've been doing it for years, but yeah. not really well at a scalable across the enterprise. Right. So right. of the fields, I'd say data management is probably one of the most lagging ones. So we'll definitely be talking about that and have some better audit programs and better approaches. And it's hard to audit something that doesn't exist too well in your organization. So yeah. we'll have a lot there. Is there a, do, do you see like a uh, new job titles popping up like a chief data officer or something to that effect? Where would that be? Do you think? Yes, there's definitely a lot of those popping up, especially with GDPR and the other regulations floating around. Um, those are, are, a lot of them are becoming like their C-suite roles that kind of making a, a data organization almost where they're mm -hmm. the ones that like categorizing like glorified librarians, frankly, but with something that ex extremely good, we need these people like, uh, and we need librarians, but like it, it's that kind of a role is that's essentially what it is, is you're the data librarians for the company is essentially like bringing even library science into that kind of thing and like setting up the good uh, SaaS products and the good internal processes and how to make sure the data quality is there. Because a lot of the top corporations, like, um, and some of the ones we've worked with, like, the data management just is not where it should be, considering. Because to really do machine learning and really have machine learning uh, be able to make meaningful impacts and do it responsibly, it all comes back to data. It's bad data in, bad data out. Yeah. Machine learning is a dumb technology, frankly. Yeah. So, like, you need <laughs> data is the key for everything. So, uh, speaking of machine learning, are there, that's your area of expertise for sure, um, as well as internal audit and, and the things that go along with that. Is there, for those that want to get into machine learning, do you have any mm -hmm. advice for them? Do you have any resources, specific resources you could point them to? Yeah, definitely. Um, machine learning is a tough one because uh, uh, oftentimes people are like, oh, I want to learn machine learning. Someone will put them to like an Andrew Nas course or somebody mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, okay, you're programming like C code within or Python yeah. code within yeah. day one. Like, so it's hard for auditors normally to make that jump in because there's very few resources that are in the middle. One that I found recently that's really good is called Elements of AI. Um, you can probably link to it uh, at somewhere. It's just elementsofai.com too. Yep. Um, so it's very like high level, like for auditors, this is a perfect intro. Like what is AI? What is a neural network? What is, what are all these things? Everybody's heard about those things, but yeah. what do they mean? So that's a really good course. Uh, I helped with Isaka a while back. They made an AI course as well for help understanding that. And then say that you really enjoy that and you get the concept and you do want to go deeper. In that case, before even starting to jump in to some of those things is like learn some basic Python on realpython.com and things like that. Just because Python's really the language of machine learning right now. And then you can start going to like Kaggle, which is a machine learning competition platform and starting to look around and things. But um, 
it's really understand the, the like conceptually what it is first because it's so much easier to understand what the what is it and why and like how is this even different than normal modeling and what is what is statistics and learning some of those basic things um even at a superficial level will help a lot more than just jumping straight into coding neural networks with tensorflow because it you can get so deep into yeah. it that you forget what you're doing and why so I, I, elements of ai i can't recommend highly enough what do you typically read I don't get to read as much as I, I like, uh, yeah. as I like to, but I, I read a lot of history. I love history. Nice. Um, been working through like the great books of the Western world. Like there was a, a big uh, catalog of, you know, Plato, Aristotle, a bunch of that kind of thing. Recently been reading um, some biographies. Uh, I'm, I'm finishing up right now. Um, John Quincy Adams, mm -hmm. his biography. So that, that's really good. And then I do a lot of work reading, like uh, one that I'm starting for, uh, for something we're working on from the scratching the itch of research is convex optimization theory. Okay. <laughs> so some light reading, yeah. but it's, it's a variance of different things, but um, history and just like the classics really help just kind of get better perspective on things. So if I'm just trying to do something, unless it's work related, I'll probably go back to something like that. Yeah. What's um, relative to history. What, what would be a, a book of recommendation from you? Hmm. Well, one that's, that's really, I, I've always in, enjoyed that's, it, it is part of, it's kind of a classics and history. It's the history of the Peloponnesian War. Okay. Um, I forget the name, Herodotus, I think. It's basically like starts with how, whole like, um, you know, Greeks and uh, the, how the Persians invaded. Like a lot of people have seen probably the movie uh, 300, like right. all that stuff. It's all about that. And it's kind of like when Greece really, the, how city states were and like really the, the ancient world of how some of that turbulence happened and understanding where a lot of those things are, it's that happened, you know, in BC really frames even like how the world is set up today, the East yeah. and West and things like that. So it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a long read. Uh, I recommend audible probably, but <laughs> it's, it's a good one. It's one of my favorite history books. There's um, have you read Sapiens? I know it's kind of old. I feel like, mm -hmm. have you read that? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'm in, I'm in the somewhere close to the middle of it. It's uh, very interesting. I got, I got really into history of the world books. So I just Google. Oh, nice history of the world books and then start and then keep going, you know, just read through. Um, and so those were, those are really interesting because I learned literally nothing about Asian history, mm -hmm. my entire, you know, formal education years, you know, like mm -hmm. literally nothing. And so I, I don't, I didn't know the history uh, there. Or, uh, so anyway, they kind of cover the history of the world. I mean, it's not, you would expect the history of the world to take you about a hundred hours to read that. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of condensed and hits the high points, but I, I found those to be really interesting. So I'll check out the one that you, uh, you recommended. I like to do like, um, I usually have a couple in rotation. Usually there's a data book. There's something oh, yeah. like sapiens, um, that if my brain's like, just, I can't turn my brain off. That's, you know, I'll go to a history book or something like that. Um, or, a, I guess I used to go to Dan Brown books before I realized he, everything was like the same, like all those books were the exact same, basically with different twists. And so anyway, yeah, those are, and then usually some kind of business ish type book, but, um, all right. Yeah, definitely. Um, historical fiction is one that, that I like to, that's probably book wise, what I tend to gravitate towards the most. Um, but I do definitely like the, I'll check out what you, I check, I'll check all that to say, I'll check out your recommendation. It seems like something I'd be interested in. Yeah. Let me know if you like it. Uh, so what would you like to leave the audience with today? 
I'd like to leave you all with like, definitely figure out an area in audit that's that's very interesting. If you're like, if you're interested in data, cybersecurity or ML, and definitely become an expert generalist in that. I think that's a really helpful audit will just, the trust advisor being knowledgeable in an area and how it relates to risk in the organization is the best thing I think for auditors going forward. Um, but also I, I encourage you guys to check out uh, monitor.ai, which is um, my company I co-founded. It's a machine learning assurance company. What that essentially means is now that machine learning is being used to make consequential decisions about you and I, uh, traditionally machine learning, you know, is like high level loss forecasting and things like that. Now we're making insurance decisions about Trent and Andrew. Mm -hmm. um, we want to make sure we're not being biased or being unfair against uh, protected classes and things like that. So Monitor is a platform that will, that we're allowing you to do all the different governance steps you need to do and have full audit record and transparency and monitoring around bias to eventually be able to certify that models are doing what they should be doing. We have a trust library um, that has a bunch of different AI trusts, a bunch of different resources and things like that to kind of, it's a good way to stay up to date on like the bias and, and fairness and machine learning spaces. So that's also a good resource for that. We have a newsletter that we'll link there as well. Um, and also we, we're very interested in doing uh, work with, with audit co companies and, and we're trying to figure out more exactly how we can be the best friend to auditors and risk managers and, and be the tool that helps you guys with your work. So any types of opportunities for consulting or even just like conversations to learn about what you guys are doing so we can help refine our product. Um, we are very interested in that. It is something, what you guys are doing is something that is um, very, very much needed right now. And it's the the need for it's only going to continue to grow, mm -hmm. especially as it relates to, um, like, I think your audit background and combining that with uh, machine learning is perfect. Like, I, I, I can't wait to, like, continue to watch you guys grow as a company because it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch once people realize what's going on they go oh shit we don't know how to do this we need help um and to see those people come to you is going to be i'm very much looking forward to it thank you appreciate it hey everyone thank you very much for listening to this episode of the audit podcast whatever platform you're listening on right now i'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere so please hit the subscribe button there if you're listening through itunes or spotify feel free to go give us that five star rating it only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five star review and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from The Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.